0: The last time we spoke with Jeff LeBrun, he was telling us about his company, Pillsy, and its smart pill bottle that sounds an alarm if you forget to take your pills. It's pretty simple. It just tracks when it's open and closed. Uh, It stores the medication schedule, and then
1: it beeps and blinks to remind if you miss a dose.
0: These days, he's got something even bigger on his mind.
1: There's been over a decade of research showing that remote patient monitoring has led to improved health outcomes and reduced costs. The recent COVID crisis is drawing more attention to this, but Medicare had been looking at you know, an aging population, uh, not necessarily sufficient replacement of healthcare workers going in to care for these people.
0: That smart pill bottle was just one example of remote patient monitoring, technology that helps medical professionals check in on the health of patients at home, day in and day out, not just at the doctor's office. And as Jeff LeBrun is explaining, the COVID-19 crisis is making remote patient monitoring more important than ever.
1: And with the system that's already stretched thin, they knew that they needed to use more technology to try to handle this coming load of care that they would need to provide over the next 10 years. And so I think we're really just at the tip of the iceberg of that. You know, certainly what we're seeing now is I think accelerating that adoption as, you know, some of the additional benefits of a remote care approach are are being seen.
0: That's why the company is now focusing on a bigger idea in the booming field of virtual healthcare, and it has landed millions of dollars in new funding to make it happen. Stay tuned for the rest of the story, coming up next on GeekWire's Health Tech Podcast. I'm journalist Meredith Hogan.
2: GeekWire's Health Tech Podcast is sponsored by Primera Blue Cross, providing comprehensive health benefits and tailored services to approximately 2 million people, from individuals to Fortune 100 companies. Learn more about how Primera is innovating in healthcare at Primera.com innovation.
0: Jeff LeBrun founded Pillsy with co-founders Chuks Anwaname and Otto Saip in 2015, trying to solve a very specific problem. You
1: know, many people don't realize it, but only around 50% of medications are actually taken as prescribed. It's one of those kind of large, unaddressed societal problems that no one's really found an answer to. Pilsy is a smart, uh call it like a digital medication coach. It's also a remote monitoring device uh, for medication adherence. So there's really three components of it. There's the device, there's a mobile app, and then there's the, the cloud-based application or the web app, which allows a remote healthcare provider to view medication adherence and communicate with the patient. The CAP will track when the bottle is opened. It'll beep and blink. There's about four different types of, of reminders that can be sent, uh, but they're only typically sent when a person forgets a dose. So the whole platform is really designed around principles of behavioral science, uh, habit formation theory, and it's intended to address the problem of nonadherence, which is kind of known to cost a healthcare system around uh, 100,000 lives and $300 billion per year in unnecessary costs.
0: The plan was to go direct-to-consumer with Pilsey until the insurance industry got on board with the concept and started reimbursing for the device. Unfortunately, the direct-to-consumer product was too expensive to maintain, with fees charged by middleman sellers like Amazon.
1: It's difficult to make it as like a consumer hardware company. You know, in the case of medication adherence, the financial value is really highest to you know whoever's not paying for the avoided healthcare costs. You know, I think having you know a solid user base of people that paid with their own money forced us to up our game a bit. You know, when somebody spends forty or fifty dollars for a product, uh, they tend to be much more vocal if it's not working as as expected or if there's a new feature that they're requesting. And so, you know, a couple years of doing that, I think, gave us a great experience that we, we wouldn't have been able to get any other way.
0: So tell us about the new brand you've added to your company. Optimize.Health is really an
1: extension of what we started with Pilsi. Uh, so in 2019, Medicare and other payers started reimbursing uh, healthcare providers directly for remote patient monitoring. We started adding some additional devices to our platform, uh, devices like blood pressure cuffs, weight scales, uh, blood glucose meters, pulse oximetry devices, because we wanted to be able to measure the outcome of improved medication adherence. And we were a bit fortunate in that uh, Medicare and others started reimbursing these providers uh, to provide these types of services in 2019. And so we jumped out at that opportunity and really branded the platform as optimized to roll out into what was a new opportunity to work directly with uh, primary care and other types of physicians. Once Medicare does decide to cover, typically the private payers will quickly follow, and that is what we saw with remote patient monitoring. At the beginning of 2019, it was just Medicare. Uh, by the end, it was really all of the major insurers, minus most of the Blue Cross Blue Shield plans tend to be the laggards for whatever reason. But you know, certainly the the United Healthcares, Humana's, Atnas are all covered.
0: Jeff, tell us a little bit more about the day in and day out examples of monitoring that you offer.
1: So, you know, it varies depending upon the condition, but, you know, a common condition uh, that remote patient monitoring has been used for is heart failure patients. Uh, There's about 5 million people in the US with heart failure. Uh, It's a difficult condition to manage, and it's the leading cause of hospital uh, readmissions in the US. Each readmission is very expensive, so people have used remote patient monitoring. In the case of heart failure, typically people are looking at three things. Um, First would be their weight. So uh, it's known that a heart failure patient uh, accumulates more than a couple pounds of weight in a short period of time. It's most likely because they're not processing uh, fluids properly. We can give uh, a weight scale to the patient and provide an alert to the physician if they're out of range. And then a lot of people also like to look at blood pressure and medication adherence it's just like anything else you know if you don't have support or accountability it's kind of difficult to get into a new habit and you know you could see your doctor once a year and they might tell you to get better lose 20 pounds or you know you could go to a personal trainer who's going to help you with your diet and you know make sure that you show up at the gym three days a week and who's really going to do more to get you where you need to be
0: what is the optimized.health experience? What does it look like on the clinician side of things?
1: I think a lot of the work we've done is to make it a relatively simple experience for the provider. And so their typical experience is scanning a list of patients and receiving alerts for people who need to be reached out to. For example, you might see Fred Roscoe is at risk of stroke because he has severe hypertension that's spiking. Uh, so you could click a button and immediately call or, or text message with Fred. From the care side, that's really all they need to do. You know, Without our software, there'd be a lot of additional things in terms of taking notes around the time they spent doing this, You know, click and drop down menus to enable them to bill. But for the most part, we're just making it easier for the care team to know who to interact with and then make it e- easier for them to interact and meet patients you know, where they are. Um, which is, to be honest, usually on their phones. And then we handle all of the administrative types of work that they don't like to do and aren't the reasons they got into healthcare. And you know, we simplify it to the level where it can be done by a nurse or an MA rather than a physician. So the physician typically will only get notified if there's like an issue that truly requires their attention. Bringing it to that level where it can be done by the entire member of the staff, you know, that's really what the secret sauce has been.
0: We are all dealing with the deadly COVID-19 global pandemic right now. In fact, if the audio quality of this podcast sounds a little different, it's because we are all doing this interview from our home offices instead of a studio. We'll hear more about the quick turn product they developed to help with the pandemic coming up next on GeekWire's Health Tech Podcast.
2: This season of the GeekWire Health Tech Podcast is presented by Primera Blue Cross. At Primera, we talk about what we do all day. We offer access to healthcare. The card in the pocket allows people to go get access to healthcare. Dr. John Espinola is Executive Vice President of Healthcare Services for Primera Blue Cross. The challenge we have is that we know that the healthcare that they get access to doesn't work as well as it could. So we have a duty at Primera to make healthcare work better. That's our job. We give people access to healthcare, yet we give them access to something that's subpar. We have a moral and fiduciary obligation to do better we're going to do it in partnership with those who may touch the moment of care, providers, innovators, entrepreneurs. All of these are going to help us move in the direction we need to to make healthcare work better. We're bold enough to take the risk to try to do something that'll make a difference and learn from it and be better along the way. To find out more, visit primera.com/innovation.
0: As medical facilities and professionals are becoming increasingly overwhelmed by the load of patients sickened by COVID-19, Optimize.Health's 15-person team got to work to help. CTO Chooks Anwaname describes the new product.
3: The first place we landed was, you know, just how can we help? Practices triage your patients who might have the symptoms. So, you know, we decided to build a um, quick survey tool um, just based off of the CDC guidelines that the practices could easily send to their patients. This could go in through text messaging or um, email. It's a very quick survey where a patient could take and answer um, a set of four questions, Um, and then based on those questions, the, the the physician could get those responses and. Essentially, figure out which of the patients they'll need to reach out to based on um, the responses to their, to their um, to the survey. So that's something we had um, built pretty quickly and and uh, just deployed now.
0: And when you say quickly, how quickly is that? Have you slept recently? <laughs>
3: <laughs> Actually, well, the the answer to that is really no. <laughs> um, you know, we we got that to turn around. You know, within within a week. Um, It was actually one of the quickest, I'd say, development efforts we've done in a while. But we are continuing to improve the tool. Um, It will have additional capabilities. But just deploying something really quickly was, you know, um, of utmost importance to us.
0: Telemedicine is getting increased attention right now as people participate in social distancing and as hospital systems are overwhelmed by the pandemic. Do you think that'll shift people's thinking around what you're doing with remote monitoring?
1: I think it certainly uh, drives awareness to the benefits of remote patient monitoring and telemedicine. We've seen increase in demand as people are start thinking about this. You know, I've heard a few practices tell us, you know, this wasn't something that was at the top of our to do list. It was always near the top, um, but now it's at the top because, you know, the reality is people aren't coming into practices at the same rate, and so they're struggling to find ways to provide care for their patients without having them come into the practice. And on top of that, you know, there's a potential financial implications for some of these practices. You know, I think a lot of people have assumed the healthcare practices will be great. There'll be plenty to do. There's definitely plenty of work, but the, you know, the reality is the reimbursement doesn't always keep up. And so if they're experiencing a large degree of cancellations and then work that they're not being compensated for you know, that can actually be financially problematic for, for practices. So this, you know, provides a way for them to extend their care really out of the clinic and then also, uh, you know, the reimbursement aspect to make sure that they're, they're staying in business and able to keep, you know, all their employees working. Even in the last few weeks, it'd be hard to argue that, that remote medicine didn't get a lot of awareness that maybe it was just starting to get
0: before that. And what do you think the hesitation has been in the past about remote monitoring?
1: I think there's really like two or three things, right? Like, first, the reimbursement is the most obvious. So, you know, there is a cost to the practice to set up one of these programs and there's equipment, so they can't afford to do it if there's no reimbursement. Um, so that was taken care of in 2019. You also need workflow tools. Uh, so the the codes were announced about two months before they became active. Uh, you know, we kind of rushed and and developed, I think a pretty nice set of tools. that helps automate a lot of the administrative aspects of that. But you know, without that, there are a number of different kind of accounting types of things that need to be done uh, to deploy the program. And so without software to help with that, it's maybe just administratively too complex. Um, I do think that you know the other driver is people, you know, every year they get more and more used to using technology. Uh, you know my ninety three year old grandmother's on Facebook, and she actually uses Facebook more than I do right now. So I think you know the older generations are are starting to adopt technology at a at a faster rate. and so I think that's starting to drive adoption. Uh, you know, adoption of technology and healthcare is never super fast. The industry, people say, is generally you know ten to twenty years behind many other industries in terms of their adoption of kind of modern IT and technology practices, Um, but certainly I think we're at the tip of the iceberg.
0: When we spoke three years ago, you mentioned that sometimes it's hard to get investors to understand the long process it takes to bring a healthcare product to market. How's that going?
1: With the reimbursement by insurance, there was a very clear business model. You know, our sales at that point started to go up at a much greater rate than they had previously. So, you know, when that starts to happen, then you aren't necessarily looking at the long-term timeline that scares most investors. We were able to raise an additional $3.5 million or so since that time. So the company's now raised uh, over $5 million and our revenue has been going up at a pretty healthy rate each month. Fortunately, we're down a position where we don't necessarily need to raise more funding. With COVID, we've started to see kind of a flood of Investors, uh, I think, looking to get into the remote care space, it's you know maybe one of the few areas that actually performs better in this type of environment than than the rest of their portfolio.
0: Jukes, what were your biggest learnings from the early days of Pillsy?
1: Obviously, it took
3: us a lot longer than we had anticipated, right? And you know, if as a business you're not really ready to just handle the length of time things would actually take to achieve your your goal, you now then it could be Pretty dire for you, right?
0: Jeff,
1: how about you? You know, I think for me, another one is just the importance of having a clear business model in healthcare. You know, we had a lot of options when we started the company, uh, but I wouldn't say any one of those options was, you know, as clear as the business model that we have today, which, you know, seems like common sense in a way, but in healthcare, there's so many different angles and it can be very complex.
0: So getting from Pillsy to Optimize.Health took some trial and error, but moving their focus from solving a single healthcare monitoring problem to creating a software ecosystem for a variety of monitoring capabilities, they find themselves in a good spot now, particularly because doctors can get paid to do the monitoring thanks to a change in healthcare policy.
1: You know, I think for us, you know, we kind of believed in a future where people would be more interested in technology and where, you know, the system would strive to get more efficient and not less efficient. Certainly, I wish it would have worked faster. But, you know, if we were just responding now, then we would have been late to the party.
0: Creating products for the healthcare marketplace can be frustrating. Why do you keep going there?
1: It does give you a sense of satisfaction when, you know, you put in all this time and effort and, you know, a a doctor shares how they used your product to potentially help save somebody's life. Or um, even if, you know, you've helped save their staff members from a bunch of headaches, you know, now they have more energy to put into caring for their patients. So I think that's something we always try to bring back to our team. And Chooks? Healthcare is really one
3: thing that could affect potentially, you know, everyone living in this country right now um, or ever. Having an opportunity to work in something that could you Know potentially affect you know everyone living today. You know, most people wouldn't get that kind of opportunity to work in something like that.
0: I'm curious, what's the competition like for optimized.health?
1: Yeah, so there's kind of two major buckets. So there's uh, an older generation of remote patient monitoring companies uh, like Honeywell, Medtronic, they've been focused mostly on the hospital segment and in particular. Like reducing 30 day readmissions, uh, which can be very costly to a hospital. So it's a different application. Um, They don't need to engage a person for as long of a period of time because it's usually, by definition, only 30 days. It's usually more expensive. And then they're selling into large hospitals, which have a long sales cycle and and kind of a different distribution channel. Um, Then we have you know there's a number of different device companies that maybe make a device or two and you know they try to get into the market as a way to sell more devices. Um, but the issue that they typically have is you know no physician wants to log into like 20 or 30 different portals. Um, they want one place where they can go to work with all the different products. Um, so we're more like an Amazon aggregator of multiple types of devices. Um, pulling data in from all these different sources. So in general, you know, we do compete with some device companies, but we typically partner with them um, rather than compete with them. So there's really not another venture-backed startup with the same business model as as us. that's at our level, um, at least right now.
0: Chooks and Jeff, I really appreciate you taking the time today to speak with us again at the GeekWire Health Tech Podcast.
1: Thanks for having us, Narnia. Thank you.
0: That was Jeff LeBrun and on Anwaname of Optimize.health. See the show notes to see their work-from-home setups and a picture of their health monitoring product, Pilsey. You can find more episodes at geekwire.com/slash healthtech and subscribe to the GeekWire Health Tech podcast with your favorite podcast app. Thanks to our sponsor of Health Tech Season 4, Primera Blue Cross. You can find out more about their work at Primera.com slash innovation. I'm Meredith Hogan reporting for GeekWire. Thanks for listening. We'll be back soon with another episode of the GeekWire Health Tech Podcast.